Yes, hello, my name's Steve Follin and welcome to a very special live version of Being Freelance at National Freelancers Day! <laughs> and not one guest, but two guests, uh, as we do this live in London. And we have got Chi-Chi and Gianni. I'm just going to ask you, really, to start, as I always do, like by telling us how you got started being freelance. So, Gianni, shall we stop with you? It's a different one, actually, because often I talk to designers and coders, but you're an athlete, much like myself. Yeah, so... <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm an athlete. I do the 110-metre hurdles um, and have represented Great Britain um, yeah, a few times when I was younger and then throughout my career. Um, so, how I started in that was uh, a little bit different. It, people don't generally realise that athletes are actually... Uh, freelancers and self-employed a lot of the time. Uh, people generally think we're doing it as a hobby and around work of some kind. Um, but actually, when you do make money and you actually become good at it, um, you, you, you know, are self-employed and freelance because that's how you uh, get paid through uh, prize monies and independent contracts and sponsorship and, and so on. Um, but so for me, um, I was growing up in Basildon. I, uh, you know, at that time, I didn't feel like I had loads of life choices. Um, and, uh, you know... Athletics and sport was a ticket for more for me, and uh, you know, and I didn't realise at the time, you know, that it was a freelance, and I was connecting with that status of, of employment. But um, it's uh, it's something that allowed the freedom for me to, to to do more than what was expected of someone like myself from that area. Um, but as you know, um, athletics, uh, as most people probably know, there's not loads of money in athletics, and it's quite an insecure business. Um, you're only as good as your last race, they say. Um, so, uh, because of the sheer amount of dedication you need and the amount of training that you need, it's hard to actually work and be a professional, especially in the harder times. So, generally, athletes will take freelance jobs um, and do other freelance work and self-employment work around the sport in order to be able to take the rest periods, in order to do the training when you need to do it, and, and to be able to travel when you need to as well, because there's a lot of travel involved when, uh, when you're doing athletics. Matt, so basically, you have always been self-employed? Exactly, yeah. So from when what I kind of other jobs did you do on the side? Uh, well, I've done lots of little things. When you're young, you do like, things like leafleting just to keep going. Yeah. You know? But then later on, I moved into a bit more modelling. I tried everything. You know? um, and uh, it would always work around my sport. Um, but now, as I got older, I do a bit more speaking and uh, inspirational speaking, generally in schools and, uh, and, and moving into teaching sometimes in colleges and universities now. Brilliant. OK, cool. And Chi Chi, how about you? How did you get... So you're a uh, business sort of coach, but how, so how did you get started being freelance? Yeah, so my journey is a little, I guess, traditional in that freelance sense. I was working in corporate um, for about six, seven years, had my daughter, and I was like, I don't want to have this as my life story sort of thing. Um, I've always had a kind of entrepreneurial background. My dad had his own business, so I spent a lot of time, a lot of summers with him. Um, he had a kind of print and design studio, so I learned how to design and do all of that. So when I had my daughter, I was like, what can I do? Um, at that time, being a virtual assistant was that kind of new thing in the UK. So I did that first, I set up my own business, and I, and I was like, this is incredible. From my laptop, I can just like do stuff and work with people all across the world. So I did that first um, for about a year and a half. And then as my business was growing, um, and I was doing web design and graphic design, people were coming to me more for strategy and kind of supporting how they can grow their business um, online as the internet was growing more and more. So I moved more into coaching. Um, and so I do kind of coaching, I do training, um, I kind of do um, workshops, I do group coaching as well, and all my clients are across the world. So I don't meet people face-to-face, -face. I, I use technology. Wow. So How did you, like, so if, you know, you're a virtual assistant and then suddenly you're doing web design and you're, so yeah. to coach, yeah. right? How did you 
add those services on, but also decide to let others go? Mm. Was there like ever a point where you were offering everything? Yeah, so it's a quick, it's, I mean, that's a very condensed story. So when I first started, I looked at what my skills were and I was like, I did everything. I was like, okay, I can do that, I can do that. I realised quickly I hated admin and all that kind of spreadsheets and stuff. And then there was like two days before Christmas and I was sat doing like lots of little design jobs and I was like, this is not how I want to spend Christmas. So I decided from there that I was just going to focus. I was drop everything else and just focus on web design and become really good at that. And everything was self-taught in that sense. So I then just focus on web design. And when you then focus on one thing, you can become an expert in it. So I focus on web design and kind of digital strategy and kind of that allowed me to, um, yeah, people come to me for that specifically. Um, and then, you know, as a freelancer, you kind of realize when you do different things, I'm either really good at this or I'm not good at it or I don't enjoy it. You know, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. And I quickly learned that, you know, you don't do things for the money, you don't do things just because you can do it because you'll just hate doing it. So that's how I kind of transitioned. Um, and then kind of part way, when I had my second child, that was when I said, I really want to kind of make the leap because um, I was still doing it alongside my nine to five. So I had a corporate job in London, um, kind of do my business in the early mornings, weekends, nights, all that sort of thing. And I was like, I give myself 12 months to get out. Um, and I did that. So. Flipping neck. Yeah. Two kids, <laughs> two jobs. <laughs> Um, no sleep. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering where it fitted in. Um, and were you like putting money aside or anything like in that period, or was it no? Just... I wasn't actually. So a lot of people kind of take the leap and like they have some people have savings and all that. So I'm not. I wasn't that person. I was the one who was like, I'm just going to take a leap of faith. And I knew that when I. Um, decided to leave, I kind of was projecting forward and I said, okay, I have a group coaching program. As long as I can cover my salary for the next six months, then I'm cool with that. So I literally handed in my notice. I had like 30 days to fill this group program, um, which started in like November. Um, and I got like one extra person than my, my target. So I, I'm like, I'm one of these people, like if I believe I'm going to do something, I'll just take that leap and I'll just do it. Yeah. You have to have faith in yourself. So no, I didn't have the savings. <laughs> uh, you must have that sort of belief, one would imagine as well, and focus uh, that you mentioned. To yeah, it's a prerequisite to be an, an athlete at that level. Is uh, you just need to be focused and dedicated, and disciplined, and training all the time. And so, um, when it comes to freelancing as such, it, it allows you to to focus on that so much, so much in the fact that you haven't got another job to go to, and you mm -hmm. haven't got the, the binding, like employment factor of it. And I could actually take a take a break when I need to, and things like that. Um, so uh, everything needed to go into athletics to be able to be good. And uh, you know, there's there's ups and downs of it. You know, you're you're really good at certain times, and you can do it as your sole job. Um, but then, if it's insecure, you need something else to be able to supplement that. And uh, and I think that um, yeah, if you if you're not focused, you just won't won't be able to to do yeah. it. It's one of the prerequisites. So often, like my question would be something like, you know, how did you find your first clients and so on and so forth. And it was, that must be really different for you. But like, how do you <laughs> like how do you suddenly get somebody to give you money? to do what might have been a hobby, as you said? Well, well generally, um, athletes try and reduce the load on themselves to be able to stay focused and, and uh, dedicated uh, by having agents, for example. Um, uh, that does, as a young person, sometimes leave you vulnerable um, because uh, you know, you're not solely in control of your own destiny with that. Um, but it does allow you to, to have better competitive edge, I think, when it does sign, uh, signing things like contracts to sponsorship or when you're getting prize money at events or appearance fees, for example, which is another way we, we uh, earn our cash. But even outside of athletics, for example, you'll do photo shoots as part of your media and, and things like that as well. An agent is sometimes necessary to be able to take that workload off you. Otherwise, you're doing it all yourself. It is possible, but 
you have to remember whatever you do work-wise is going to take away from the ability to actually perform, I think, mm. because it's one of those things there, the more you put into it, in terms of training, I mean, the more you get out. Yeah. Did you, did you feel like you got bogged down? Because it's funny, even you said that, like, I sit in there going, oh my God, yeah, I do so much stuff which distracts me from doing what I'm actually good at, mm. but I still, uh, you know, filling in my spreadsheets. Did, did, you, <laughs> did, did you find a similar thing? Probably, like, less stretching involved, but still, similar? So I think for me at the time, I had to become really super organised because I had my nine to five and that was obviously paying bills and things like that as I was growing the business. And, but I also needed to focus on growing the business to get it to a point where I could leave. So you're having this kind of dichotomy of like how much time do I spend on my business as well as like life in general. If you've got a family, you've got other things and you know, the, the desire is that you want to have this flexibility to kind of run your business but if you still need to pay your mortgage and that sort of thing then you've got to obviously not get fired. So for me it was um, having real structure around how I spent my time, um, leveraging my time so I had like a VA who helped and supported me so when I managed to get her on board um, she took a whole lot of stuff away from me. So similar to you having an agent, I knew that, okay, the only things that I have to focus on um, are obviously coaching my clients. If I have to do anything in person or videos and things, that have to be me. But anything in the background that doesn't have to be me, I can give that to somebody else. Um, I also looked at how I can leverage my time, um, software to automate things, just to make things a lot easier. Um, in terms of social media, so you asked the question, how does he get clients? For me, it was a lot of you know, using social media and marketing online. Um, Facebook was my big one for me. Uh, so I would make sure that I created content that I could like share and repurpose, but it wasn't physically me going on Facebook every single time posting something. It was all kind of put into the system so you could come out and do that. So, yeah, I should, I should mention that it's, it, it is really important for athletes as well, especially as young people, to know this sort of stuff as well, to do this. Because generally we feel that when it's going well, you don't need to worry so much. Because the agents come in and they, they come, and, come and pick you up. They say, I'll come find you stuff. But it's only when you're doing well. Because obviously they can't make anything out of you if you're not doing so well. And an injury to us is so, you know, it can be devastating to us. Because all of a sudden the sponsors walk away. Uh, or the end of the contract comes along and they don't want to re-sign, and the agents start putting you down the pecking, uh, the pecking order when it comes to actually uh, you know, finding you that work. It's then you realise you haven't done the enough, enough of your own stuff to give yourself a safety net, for example. So, and remember, we're talking about young people. I mean, I was 21 when I got my first injury. And from the age of 17, when, it's when I turned professional, I had no uh, experience in admitting myself. Um, finding my own clients. I didn't know what was going on. I had to learn this the hard way during this uh, uh, injury period. You know? So there's some real lows there with that. Um, and I think it's crucial, I think, that you know, the, the knowledge of, of this uh, background work, I think, is uh, it, for younger people especially. Um, um, but all freelancers, I think, is essential, especially in the good times, to make sure that, you know, that you're keeping track of it as well. Yeah. What does happen, like, when you get injured like that, so how long would, were, you, were you out? Uh, so, uh, I mean, injuries are a huge part, and they happen smaller injuries yeah. quite often, you know, because we are pushing our bodies to, to the absolute limit. Um, but, you know, occasionally you get unlucky enough to have something that's more like a year-long a year -long injury. And uh, during that time, uh, you may have something that covers the first year, but then you come back with a clean slate after that, of course. Um, and generally, uh, you know, we have the same problems that a lot of other industries have, like creative industries have. You know, we tend to have delayed payments. We tend to have the um, you know, disproportionate payments. And sometimes we get offered free work because it's good for our networking. You know? <laughs> so um, it's, uh, all those problems come into play when you're all of a sudden not so, not so popular because uh, you, you're not in favour of the month anymore. 
Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, I struggled at first with it, um, but it did teach me a valuable lesson um, uh, in terms of uh, admin, admin myself and uh, you know maintaining the cash flow and all those things. And it's um, and uh, I think it, I think it's imperative. I think that that sort of training is given, especially to young people coming out of school who are turning into professional athletes. As you, as you know, as you know that every year there's good athletes come out. Um, I call it the Olympic fever. We all think we're going to be Olympic champions. You know, we had Gal Ems talking earlier. She did become Olympic champion, but it's very rare. Mm. And we all think, and I think it's, a, like I said, a prerequisite. You need to think that you're going to be Olympic champion, otherwise you, you won't do as well as you did, you know? Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, like, uh, as I say, yeah, it's, it's some of the issues that you face. Do you take that mindset of, like, I can, I can do this, I'm like, I'm gonna, I can be a, an Olympic champion, into how you're diversifying your income now, like, as you talked about speaking and, and so on? Yeah, I think um, it's. I think um, when you're in that mindset, it's like an unshakable belief. It's hard to explain exactly, like the mindset that I and uh, that I was in at the time, um, because it's uh, like I said, I didn't have many life choices in my mind. You know, regardless of it being true or not, I, in my mind, I thought it was the only thing I could do, um, and I was used to just using my body in order to actually make my money. So um, you know, and it does come to an end, and it scares you <laughs> when it's coming to an end. Um, so you have to tra have transferable skills, I think, and it, does, it has given me a good lesson um, in terms of uh, moving into other things. And I tend to take the same focus and determination to whatever I, I do. And uh, I think when I am speaking, especially in the schools, it's not really the focus of just being a sportsman that I focus on. It's, it's the, the values which it, you, know, you portray as an athlete, because it doesn't matter what subject or whatever uh, walk of life you decide to go in. It's important to, uh, to have the same values, I think. Yeah. Uh, with... Um you know, you, you decided p partially to go freelance because of becoming a mum. Mm. How have you found like juggling that whole work-life balance? I think it's, um, it's a personal choice in terms of how much you want to dedicate to both sides. And for me, I was like, okay, what's the lifestyle that I want to create for myself, first and foremost? Um, and for me, I wanted to be able to, to kind of do the school runs. I wanted to be able to go on trips and things like that. But I also wanted the autonomy of not knowing that, uh, of knowing that I didn't have to call in, you know, to an office and do all of that sort of thing. So work-life balance for me, I was very clear um, on when I saw clients. I was very clear on what days I did coaching calls. I was very clear on like, finishing my six o'clock. Um, I didn't work on the weekends. And all these different things only came about because I got to a place of burnout. Like, I was doing all the opposite. I was, like, working all the time. So I'd kind of um, do my nine to five and put the kids to bed, and then I'd be working, like, till really early in the morning and then get it up early again. And, um, and I was absolutely kind of destroyed by it. Um, so it got to a point where this is not working, TT, so let's redesign this. So it was a case of you have to get better boundaries in place. Um, understand that you can't do everything and and again you know people feel like you have to offer everything to everyone but I realized actually no I can actually cut back in terms of what I offer um, and simplify my offering so that I can just focus on becoming good at that particular thing and then knowing that I'm not necessarily stretching myself um, so having boundaries around time having boundaries around who you work with um, having boundaries around you know, the business is not your be all and end all. A lot of us, when we become, we have our own businesses, we're so passionate about it, we throw ourselves into it, and you have to, and just going back to the whole mindset piece, you have to be like rock solid in your mindset that this is gonna be successful, and you throw everything into it. But on the backside of that, you then neglect your friends, you neglect your health, you neglect all these other things, and then you get to this place where you're like, 
I'm back in a job um, that I've created for myself. And so when I realized like I'm like in a self-employed job, I was like, no, this is not right. I have to redesign this. So even with um, coaching, so I do like A and B weeks. So I have like two weeks of the month I coach and the other two weeks I don't have coaching clients. So I have that flexibility and freedom to do other things. Um, I don't work on Mondays and it was just all these different things because I'm like you can redesign your business yourself and you're so used to coming from a corporate background you're so used to this kind of structure it has to be this way but actually when you're a freelancer you decide so anytime I talk to anybody who's not enjoying their business I kind of say well take a step back and really ask yourself what is it that you wanted to create for yourself um, and why are you not living that lifestyle because you've made that choice and you know when you make that leap as well from working um, in a job and you then go and create another job for yourself then it doesn't make sense at all. So you've got to be brave enough to say no and you've got to be brave enough to put those boundaries in place um, so that you can have that balance. But I won't lie, it's not always easy. It's sometimes you have to kind of, um, particularly when I had a young baby um, and you're looking at your other peers kind of flying and doing things and you're like, I'm like behind, but actually behind by whose standards? You know, we can look and see what everybody else is doing online and things and think we're behind or we should be doing this or doing this. But actually, what are your standards for yourself in terms of what success means to you? So really get clear on what success means for you, because that's going to be the yardstick by which you measure how much life balance you have. Yeah. It, I mean, actually, though, that, that whole competitiveness thing, yeah. which we try to resist, for you, Johnny, like, must be like something you can't totally ignore because that makes you the win. What was being said there was quite relatable in, 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 in a way because um, it is about perspective, I think. Um, for, for us, uh, it can work life balance. I mean, it, there's a huge crossover here. I mean, we do enjoy what we're doing. It is a good lifestyle. Uh, lifestyle. And uh, I think that really when it gets a little bit too much is when you're having a quieter time. You know? When you're not doing so well, you're injured, like I was saying before, or even if in any freelance business, you have a quieter time. Um, it's important then to remain, maintain the perspective that you had before because obviously you don't mind putting everything into it and not having so much rest when everything's going great right so we're, we're all thinking you know, we're thinking it's uh we don't want to stop i want to be at training all the time and you know but when you're not doing so well you don't want to get up and go and it's uh it's uh it's you just don't want to go and lose that race again because you know you're not in the same form as before and uh you know you get an added bit of spice from the fans or i love, I love a bit of criticize when you're not doing so well as well you know so it's quite hard uh it, you can fall into an all or nothing situation in that point um uh you feel that when you're doing, being successful you've got everything and you can you don't need any rest or anything like that and then when you're uh, not doing so well you've got nothing and none of it's true um you need to maintain a certain uh, perspective whichever way you're uh, whichever um, situation you're in. If you're doing, doing well at that time, my coach used to say to him, go and have a rest, you know? Go and have a rest, because at that point, I just wanted to be there the whole time. But it's, it, when you're in that all or nothing situation, it's more dangerous when you're having a bad time, I think, uh, if you're in that mindset, because uh, you just, you know, it's, it's uh, black and white for you. Um, I think you should just keep a sense of perspective, whichever situation you're in, I think. Take those rests when you're doing well, even still. Because, uh, yeah, like I said, you won't enjoy it having that mentality when it's not going so well. <laughs> I'll take that rest thing is really interesting because my mentors said the same thing to me when I was going, <laughs> he's like, I want you to switch off, don't go on social media, come off everything for a week. And I'm like, whoa, I can't do that. He's like, no, you need to do that. And it's incredible because that space just allows you to get perspective back. And you just think, okay, the world's not ending, so it's all good. I can get back into things. Um, but yeah, you, you've got to, 
the mindset piece. I mean, I keep saying it because you can be really talented at what you do. You could be very good at your gift, your skill, what have you. But if you don't believe that you can be successful, if you're constantly comparing yourself to other people, if you're constantly um, kind of down on yourself, kind of that has a much bigger impact on the success of your business than knowledge. And I, you know, I've seen that with clients. I've seen that even in myself. And you have to, you know, like you're saying, you know, you have to kind of look at what is the reality. And then what is it I'm being told, you know, I'm telling myself um, and kind of make sure that you're actually focusing on what the actual truth is, because that will hold you back if you don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You mentioned having a mentor there, because I was going to, you know, I'm imagining athletes have a coach. Mm -hmm. But uh, at what point did you think I need help? So I had, um, it was interesting because I didn't even know they existed in that sense um, until one of my friends was like, oh, I'm doing this group program and she does this, this and this. And it was like, oh, okay, because what it allowed me to see was what was possible. So uh, this is somebody who was like me. She had created a business that I wanted to create similar for myself, and I had like a, a kind of a, a path to follow. So, so from that point, I've always had a mentor or a coach, just somebody guiding me, because I firmly believe that you don't need to reinvent the wheel. And I also think sometimes you're so into your business, you can't see like the bigger picture sometimes, and you need a coach or a mentor to be able to A, keep you on track when you get like bright, shiny object syndrome and you kind of go from here to here, but also to reassure you when you're having those down days and kind of say, look, no, it's not as bad as you think. Um, and just to get fresh ideas, you know, the role I play for my clients is, is that, you know, a supporter, you know, an advocate, but a strategist, but also somebody who can say, no, 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 these are our goals, let's kind of bring it back in here. Uh, and encourage and support. So I really um, am a huge fan of having that outside support. And you can have, you know, it can be a mentor, it can be peer support, you know, being in a mastermind, just rubbing shoulders with other people, just so that you're not on your own, in your own head all the time. Because as we know as freelancers, we're on our own all the time. So having other people around you can really help to kind of give you much more of a bigger perspective on things. Yeah. yeah. Are you part of communities outside of that as well? Yeah, so I had obviously I have mentored myself. I have groups I'm in. Um, I have offline groups I'm in because a lot of my business is online, and again, that's its own little world. Um, so I really think it's important to get offline and see face to face with people and have conversation, and yeah, and have people who are not in your industry as well, because you can just be talking to people who are in the same thing, and you kind of forget about there's a life outside of that as well. So. Don't kind of neglect that. One of the things I said when I went, uh, when I left my job was like every week I was going to make a point to meet somebody face to face and have coffee and preferably somebody who was not like an entrepreneur or whatever, just because you lose perspective and you just kind of think your world revolves around your business. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you were trying to find people who weren't doing what you were doing. Uh -huh. Yeah, just because, you know, I realise I'm just so into my business and we love it so much. So, like, I could be doing it and it could, you know, I used to joke that if I didn't have kids, like, I wouldn't get up and eat and do stuff because I enjoy what I do. So you're just doing it, you're kind of working on projects, you're, you know, designing something, you're kind of talking to somebody and you're in, you're in, you're in the flow. So, like, the only thing that stops you is because someone, <laughs> someone wants to go and, you know, and so I think you have to kind of make the effort to see things outside of your industry and business as well. Yeah, and do you have that sort of experience too? Absolutely, yeah. It's, uh, it, this, I think, sometimes, and, and I go back to young people as well, because, you know, um, especially young people in sport, because, uh, like I said, it's, um, it's an outlet for, for a personality as well. Um, and you can really get caught up in a, in a situation where it's just every day you're thinking about it. And that's, like I said, it's okay if it's going well, that you can live with it. Um, but you don't want to enter this sort of all or nothing situation. And so trying to escape it, um, or, well, trying to escape it, but tr also trying to 
keep a sense of perspective when this much pressure on yourself um, is, is the challenge. And I think that um, we do get support. Um, we tend to have sports psychologists and, uh, and we have our personal coaches. Um, we also generally have a training group which are all experiencing the same sort of situation. Um, as I say, it's, uh, when you're not flavour of the month anymore, that tends to stop. They tend to go towards the people who are doing well at the moment. That's generally when you need it the most. But I think that, you sh that most people, when they're, when they're going well, shouldn't rest on their laurels. Don't let them get themselves sucked into the, um, you know, everything's going well, so it's okay for it to be my life. Uh, mm. Because um, there's, a, there's a cliff edge, potentially. Awesome. Now, we're going to do the uh, truth or lie game that I do on the podcast. But is there any questions from the guys who are actually in the room, who all look lovely, by the way? Um, because we have a roving microphone. If you've got a question, if you've been sitting there going, why the heck didn't he ask that? Right. Oh, question down here. Other than the fact that, why are you wearing shorts, Steve? It's freezing in there. <laughs> Hi there. Um, Anna Lundberg. I'm a freelance writer and also a business coach like you, Chi Chi, so not so much an athlete, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, but I wanted to ask, so the theme of today is freedom and flexibility, and I wondered what your sort of personal, really practical tips and techniques and secrets were to managing the balance with, on the one hand, your ambitions and your ideas, not to mention your income goals, but also the freedom and flexibility that was the reason why you started the freelancing or business in the first place? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me personally, um, like I've got two kids, six and a three-year-old, so I built my business around kind of school hours so I could make sure that I had that time. I make sure that I get enough sleep because I used to think like, who sleeps? Nobody sleeps. Um, but that just was detrimental for me. Um, and it's finding what works for you. So like my husband likes going to the gym. I'm not a gym person, but I like will drop him off at school and I'll just go for a walk just to kind of get outside and get some fresh air. I make sure that um, I take holiday. So, you know, it's easy for us to work, work, work all the time. But I say to my clients in the summer, I'm not available in August, you know, there's no calls, there's none of that. Um, and they know that in advance. And I make sure that I don't book anything around that time. You also, um, you know, one thing that I do as well is write a list of things I actually enjoy doing that are outside of my business. So kind of go and do those things. So like, I'm a big DIY fan. And so like, even like two weeks ago, I went on like a DIY course here in London. It was really good to kind of like use a drill and do all this stuff. So completely different to business coaching, but it was so much fun and met other people and do all that sort of thing. So that whole balance piece, I, yeah, I'm kind of, I try to be more intentional with it because I've seen the other side. So when I'm starting to feel like exhausted and tired, I kind of step away and I don't have that mindset that my whole business is going to flail if I don't work today. Because I think we think that the world revolves around us and our businesses. And if we stop, then everything's going to stop. Um, and another thing as well is delegate like get help so a lot of freelancers are afraid to do that because they think they can't afford it or nobody does it as good as me but actually that's one of the greatest ways to bring back more time into your life just delegate things that a you're not good at and you just don't enjoy as well mm. did you struggle with delegating there yeah because you want you know your point about learning things um and knowing how to do admin and all that different type of thing i know how to do all of those things so when i'm going to hire somebody i'm like but i can do this myself and that was really hard to kind of then let go of the reins and for you know the first couple of times you're kind of like hovering over this person figuratively um you know you just because you're like i'm paying money for somebody to do something and i can do it faster and all that sort of thing but you have to have that patience there's that kind of period of time while they transition into becoming better than you and that's actually where you want to get to where they're better at you doing something but yeah to answer your question yeah it's really hard because <laughs> i like to kind of have the control of things so yeah yeah was there anything else you, you wanted to add to that? Uh, well, the opposite, actually, I was going to say, uh, because we actually try and offload our, our responsibilities a lot of the time um, and uh, don't feel 
that we worry about getting rid of it, to be honest. <laughs> um, but uh, I think as, as you get older, uh, it might come more into play, I think, into my other line of work, which I'm doing the speaking. Um, I tend to want to have more control over over it and um, and the times in which I work. So yeah. I can relate now more, but as an athlete, no, it's the opposite, I think. When you started doing that speaking, did you, like, go and get any coaching at doing that? Like, how did you...? Well, I, I mean, they had media training as part of being oh. a sports person, so I was always a confident speaker in that sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it started off with, like, schools and stuff, so it's not so, so daunting. But, oh, I uh, don't know. Okay. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, it, it became something that I practised that I wasn't great straight away, but, yeah. Yeah, great. Any other questions from everyone here? Oh, there we go. Um, Amanda Brown here from uh, the Homepreneur community. I'm writing a book about overcoming the challenges of working from home. Um, my question to you is, what would you advise your younger self uh, to have done differently? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I touched on it a little bit in, in the, uh, as we were answering the questions there, that um, I think that when things are going well, you don't tend to concentrate so much on the background work. Um, I think that um, it's uh, something that, that you tend to overlook a little bit more. I think that you should make sure that you are protecting yourself for when things aren't going so well um, in the future, potentially. Um, just like when people say to sports people, get your education, mm. you know, because it might not be the same as before. Something that probably I should have taken more heed of, I think, at the time as well. But, you know, I was 18 years old. <laughs> um, but, um, but, yeah, th those sort of uh, things, especially the admin work as well. Something that I've had to learn when, at the time, it wasn't going so well. It's sometimes harder, I think, mentally. Um, so to my younger self, I would tell her to have confidence in herself. I think that... Um, like I said earlier, you know, you can have the skills, but just having that self-belief is something that's really, really important. And then another lesson I'll say to uh, myself is not to be afraid to try things and not be afraid to fail at something, because it's all part of that journey to getting closer to the thing that you really actually love and do. So like I said at the beginning, I tried everything. I'll do this, I'll do this, and I realised, actually, I don't like doing this kind of VA work. I don't like to kind of design these kind of websites or what have you. And then you get to a place where you're in this, I enjoy this. Um, and also knowing to your um, younger self that not every day is going to be hunky-dory, but just as long as you remember the end goal and why you decided to make that decision, that keeps you going when times are not so great. Nice. Okay, now, that's normally my final question. Uh, <laughs> but I tell you what, we will do the, the truth or lie going. So what I normally do is I ask for uh, two truths, one lie, and let me figure out the lie. I've got a team on my side this, this week, uh, but also uh, we're going to have two stories from you each. The way this is working, only one of these is a lie. Uh, so two, two, yeah? This is horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? But it entertains me. So bear with me. So two true, one lie. So what's your first story, Chi Chi? So last year um, I decided to write my book and I wrote my book about 4,000 words in three weeks and got it published within a month after that. Johnny, what's your first um, story? Anne from Edmund Deck, I once had him as a training partner and had to teach him how to hurdle. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what's your next story, Gigi? Um, on my very first day working at my big corporate job, I, because I live in Manchester, coming down to London Canary Wharf, opened my suitcase, couldn't find a shoe. I realised I'd lost a shoe, um, and being a size 10, I couldn't find a shop that had my size, so I went to work in flip-flops on my very first day in my corporate job. <laughs> okay, and the final story? Um, well, I was saying that I 
tried everything to try and work around my sport at the time. And uh, well, I tried a bit of acting and uh, being from Basildon, I met some people through the modelling and uh, ended up appearing in Towie, the only way is Essex. In Towie? Oh my gosh, these are brilliant stories. Okay, so we've got uh, flip-flops. And from Ant and Deck, which, if you're listening around the world, is like they're, they're like our <laughs> biggest TV stars in this country. Um, Towie, which is like our our sort of reality TV show. Yeah. Um, and what was the first? Oh, in the book. So what what was your in forty thousand words in forty thousand words in three weeks with two kids? Yeah. And a, you see that smacks of a lie to begin with. <laughs> um, what was what? And you had to teach Anne how to do hurdles. Yeah, they, they used to have a head-to-head -head competition on the Saturday night takeaway. Ant versus deck. Yeah, Ant versus yeah. deck, yeah. And uh, so they were doing a hurdles race. And so and you trained him? Yeah, I held, uh, he was a training partner of mine, yeah. Was that better? Because how, how was he as a hurdler? Awful. Yeah, he was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> did, um, did you get to meet deck too? Yes. Did you train deck? No, because they were against each other and we helped one of them. Uh, his story holds tight. Um, what was, uh, oh, and then you were in Towie. Okay, so who were you in, what, what, when was this? How, how many years uh, were So I was, quite, I was quite young, I think I was about 21. Um, as I say, I was doing modelling in between. Right. Um, and uh, so, you know, you meet people through that and some of them are models as well. And, yeah. you know, did you I'm do from that the area. Did you do that thing in Towie where they have like a pool party? Uh, and it's blatantly a freezing cold day, but they all still have to pretend that it's... Did you get invited? No, no, no it was basically just like a club scene, you know, in the Sugar Hut. You know, in the Sugar Hut, yeah. yes. And, uh, was Mark Wright in it at this point? I think he was, yeah. So, like, he... Not in that scene, but I was just in the background of the club scene. And yeah. did they tell you what to do? Uh, no, they just... You have to pretend you're chatting. Pretend you, did yeah. you have to pretend to dance? Because no music was... Uh, no, they, they didn't dare ask me to dance. That's and what's it like? <laughs> did they, like, go, action? Or did they... Uh, well, there's no lines. They don't give lines to them, do they? It's, uh, they do say action, but they just, they just improvise. And uh, we have to improvise, yeah, just chat in the background. Oh, my God, you're good liars. <laughs> um, and you went into Canary Wharf wearing flip-flops. I did. So Canary Wharf is like our big business district. Yeah, into HSBC. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> what floor did you go to? 23. <laughs> OK, what do we reckon, guys? Who is lying? Uh, do we reckon book? Oh look, there's a nod. That he's sitting there going, "There's no way she wrote a book that quick." Of course, that is very quick. Um, flip flops. You think that's a, that's a big nod there? Doesn't trust you. Um, Ant and Deck. Oh, no, look, they all believe that. That's good. <laughs> Towie. Yeah, Ta oh. <laughs> Even a verbal. <laughs> Are you from Essex? You go, there's, 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 there's no way. She's from Essex. There's no way. <laughs> All right. Um, can you just say ream for me? Ream. Yeah, I reckon you were in Towie. So, no. <laughs> were you in Towie? You said that so real, but maybe. <laughs> I think Towie's the lie. It is, in fact, a lie. Yes! <laughs> good lie, though! That's a very good lie. I was totally... I'm almost disappointed I'm not going to say thank you. But you weren't <laughs> in it. Um, OK, listen, guys, thank you so much for giving up your time and coming today and for giving such grand answers. 
as well. If uh, you're listening to this as it goes out, go to beingfreelance.com and there'll be details and links through to what these guys are up to so you can follow them. But Chichi and Gianni and everybody here at National Freelancers Day from Ipsy. Thank you very much. Woo!